You're listening to episode one. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, your body, your body image, and your mind, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show is meant to inspire you and make you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this first episode. To be totally honest, I've wanted to start a podcast for years, mainly because I talk a lot and also because I have a lot to say when it comes to food, fitness, not dieting, and our overall struggles with food. Um, They're just all intertwined. And most of what I see out there is not true or sustainable. So I wanted to have a place where I could talk about what really, really works in terms of having a sustainable relationship with food, one in which you love what you eat, and you feel comfortable in your body and you feel amazing most of the time. Um, In this podcast, we're also going to be talking about the surrounding topics that have to do with food and our minds and our bodies. So that's going to be things like relationships, body image, our overall mindset, the way we move, anxiety, and basically just how to be a calm human in this world and how to navigate ourselves in a world that can be so noisy and it can be kind of hard to hear our intuition. But all of the stuff that has to do with food and our bodies really comes down to our intuition. But first, I'll introduce myself. So as you heard before, I'm Ashley Pardo. I am a private chef and a nutritional therapist. I also give local talks about what I'm talking about right now, which is basically, um, you know, how to be healthy overall in your body and in your mind and how to kind of get off of that diet roller coaster. I was actually on that roller coaster for most of my life. And that's the big reason that I am doing this. I spent most of my life, I'm 30, going to be 32 in September. So I'd say up until I was in my early 20s, I spent it struggling with food on every single diet, really overweight, because I was constantly on a diet thinking that all of the answers for everything lied in other people. And I didn't know that food and the way we treat food and the relationship that we have with food isn't really about food itself. It's about our hearts and our minds and what we tolerate, what we think about ourselves, our worth, you know, and that's some scary shit, man. That's like some really hard stuff to realize. But slowly through you know, as through a lot of information, as I began to, to really educate myself and not just study dieting or the healthiest food, but really just becoming super sick of it all. And just saying, I am going to be the master of my own body of my own mind, I'm going to take it all by the reins, and I'm going to drive this carriage (laughs) or whatever it is. And I went through such a big transformation 
both inside and out that I don't even recognize the person that I used to be. I'm grateful to that person because obviously I needed to go through that in order to get to where I am right now. But I had, you know, not only did I lose like, I don't know, 60 pounds maybe and have kept it off for the most part um, now for about 10 years, um, which has been the hardest part. And, you know, our relationship with food really always tells the truth. And, um, you know, I had such a big transformation in who I was and who I am right now. It's just like, like, I don't even recognize that person. So when people ask me my why and why I want to give you guys this information, it's really because I want you to know that one, you're not alone, two, that you can get out of it. And three, most of what you've heard is BS and This podcast is meant to help you through all of that, to talk about my past struggles, to tell you how I got out of them. I'm going to be bringing on people that I know and that have been very influential to me throughout my journey, throughout my life that have taught me things, you know, certain lessons and have opened my eyes to different worlds that I want to bring those conversations to you. And like I said, I'm also going to be talking about my own personal journey with food, which I do not struggle with anymore. Thank God. But I want to talk to you guys about how I stopped struggling. And I know for so many women that this is something that consumes their lives in a negative way. And you feel so much shame and guilt. And I get it. I was totally there. And Trust me, if I could get myself out of all of that BS and that noise, then anybody can. There was nobody more insane around food than me. Restricting, then binging, telling myself I couldn't have stuff, then I can't have it, then blah, blah, blah. I mean, you get it. I'm sure you've been there before if you're listening. But there's lots of things that surround food that isn't really talked about. Like I said before, it's our relationship with food. It's how we treat food. It's how we eat. Have you ever heard that saying, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. It is so true. And it's kind of hard to hear at the beginning because then you kind of have to wake up to your life. And again, this is what I want this podcast to be about. I want it to awaken you to other possibilities for your life not to settle for feeling a certain way and thinking that you can't do anything about the stuff in your life. You can. And I really want this to inspire you to take the reins, not of the carriage like before, but to take the reins of your own life and to take those action steps to, you know, Be in a better place if you're struggling. We're also going to be talking about anxiety a lot and mindset because that's something that I've also struggled with as well. I still get anxiety from time to time and I've struggled with depression before. I'm not really in a place right now where I'm struggling with depression, but my anxiety kind of, I guess brings on the depression because I start freaking out and then I get depressed. But thankfully, 
in the past couple months. It's not something I've dealt with, but it is something that I have dealt with throughout my life. And we're going to be talking about that as well, because what do we do when we're sad? We turn to food. For a lot of us, that's really what happens. We're also going to be talking about nutrition, one of the most controversial topics out there. Guys, there is so much garbage out there when it comes to nutrition and when it comes to how to eat. And not to say I'm a guru, not to say that I figured it out. I have figured it out for myself. And I really think that that is the underlying message of nutrition. And that should be the underlying message of nutrition is do what works for you. When people say that this is a miracle food and you should eat this way, or this is some magic pill, stupid, quick fix, 30 day bullshit, sorry, but yes, you need to run the other way. Uh, Having a sustainable relationship with food takes a lot of work. It takes experimentation. It takes curiosity. It takes wisdom. It takes strength. Um, It takes a desire to want to feel your best all the time. And that's really all it is. So there, you know, I don't, a lot of people do say there's good and bad foods, but I really want to take those labels away and just say this food works for me and this food doesn't. If I eat blank, then I feel like shit. Okay, that's data. Like that's the type of stuff that should be done when we're talking about a relationship with food. So we're going to be talking about nutrition because, you know, there are certain foods that are good for everybody and that will make you feel good. I believe in real food. I believe in whole foods. I don't believe in processed garbage Um, of course, if it's like a nostalgic thing that brings you amazing memories, then of course you should have it from time to time. But for the most part, I have found that once I switched my diet to a mainly real food diet with, I don't even want to say deviations, but in the moment when I feel it's worth it, I will eat certain things that don't fall into that realm. And that's also part of having a relationship, a good relationship with food analyzing and being really present with yourself and saying, is this worth how it's how it's going to make me feel? And first, do I have the awareness of how that food makes me feel? So we're going to be talking a lot about that and how you can figure that out for yourself. Because again, this isn't a cookie cutter. This is personalized lifetime nutrition for the rest of your life. And of course, that has an impact on your body. And all of our bodies will do and how we exercise and how we move. With exercise, I also had a really warped relationship with exercise. It was very transactional. And I exercised because I hated myself and I hated my body. And if you do something like that, well, let me pause for a second, that you eat food also because you love yourself, not because you hate yourself. So these are with food and exercise, these are two very important distinctions that we need to make. And If we exercise, well, let me talk about what I was talking about before. If we exercise from a place of hate, like I was, you know, I would say, oh, I'm going to eat this thing, but then I'll do exercise to burn it off. Or the morning after I ate a ton of food, I would just, you know, be on the Stairmaster for half an hour, the elliptical for an hour, like torture because I ate this food and burned this many calories. And that's really not what exercise is about. Exercise is about feeling alive in your body and making the choice to move every day or whenever you want to because it feels good and having a loving discipline around it. Not like drill sergeant, 
warrior, get the fuck out of bed and go move your body. No, like that's not the way it should be. Of course, I don't feel like moving all the time, but the benefits that I see from the way that I move my body in the different ways that I do, because I do do a different, you know, different combinations of exercise every week. I walk, I lift weights and I do yoga. And that is really where I am and where I feel the best. And it makes me the happiest. I've tried every exercise out there. Trust me, I've done it. And this is where I feel the happiest because I feel strong. I feel capable and I don't feel like garbage all day long after I exercise, which, you know, a lot of that high intensity stuff, which I did do for a long time. And I still love moving in that way sometimes. But if you do it every day, it's not really the best for you. But um, so, yeah, so it's basically in this podcast, it's going to be all of the information that I wish I knew when I was struggling. I wish that somebody could have shooken me, (laughs) shaken. Okay, it's shaken. What am I doing? Because I think I speak pretty good English at this point um, in my life. But I'm going to talk about what I wish somebody had told me when I was younger, when I was struggling to tell me that your body does not have to do, you know, your physical body, the way it looks has nothing to do with how lovable you are. Wow. Why didn't anybody tell me that? Seriously, I didn't learn that until much later in life and then spent my whole life fighting my body. When if you fight your bodily, but if you fight your bodily, if you fight your body, it will always win. I mean, come on. It was so expertly designed. It worked. Like, how does, like, the fact that, like, digestion works is a pretty good indicator of, um, you know, the fact that our bodies are pretty smart. So, this is going to be about how to love your body and just the truth, you guys. It's going to be the truth about beauty, the truth about life, the truth of truth about our minds and the way our minds work. Like, wow, they can be pretty crazy sometimes. And you're not alone in that either. You're really not. You know, especially I know a lot of women struggle with these thoughts and, you know, this voice in our heads that tells us we're not good enough, we're not doing enough, we're not being enough, we're never going to get to where we want to be. And that isn't really the way it works. And or those things aren't true. Because the truth is that even if I have personally been on a spiritual path now for about, I want to say like five or six years, and I used to think that if I just like read all the spiritual books and I ate my, you know, green stuff, and if I exercised every day and I meditated that I would get to this place that, you know like no negative thought would go in my head. And yeah, right. Like that will never happen. So the work is really distinguishing every single day and seeing like, okay, is that true? And asking and really being aware and being the observer of our thoughts instead of identifying with those thoughts and emotions. So we're also going to be talking about that. Um, And I also want to talk about a little bit of my journey and how I got to where I am today. So let me just give you a quick little synopsis of how I got to where I am today. So I grew up in Miami and I'm living in Miami right now. I, my parents are 
Cuban. My dad is Cuban. My mom is from Nicaragua. So I did not speak English until I was five. I spoke Spanish. And I, from the time I was little, I always struggled with food. I had a Cuban grandmother that would feed me a lot. And I always really loved food. But I was, um, you know, I always had lots of issues. I was always like, overweight and I never knew why I loved food so much. And it was just the fact that like from a young age, I don't think I was ever confident. I don't think I ever believed in myself. I didn't even know what those things meant. And on the surface, like I had a really freaking awesome life. Like my parents are incredible. They provided my sister and I, oh, I have a sister too. Her name is Andrea. She's five years younger than me. But they provided us with an amazing upbringing. We went to the best schools. We took tons of vacations. Like anything we needed, my parents were there. And they sacrificed so much. And they worked their butts off to give my sister and I an amazing life. And my my parents are still there for me all the time. So love you guys. They know I love them. Um, so yeah, so from a young age, always struggled. Never really knew like, what my purpose was or what I had to do. I like my self image was so diminished and my confidence was so diminished that I had no idea how to speak up for myself or how to say that I wanted things like you're not taught that in school. And that's another thing that I really want to change in terms of like mindfulness and things like that. And I think that's where, you know, this has a lot to do with why I am the way that I am today is just because I love, just because of the fact that I lacked so much of it before. And I really want to provide people with this information. So it's food for your heart. (laughs) Um, so, so yeah, growing up, I went to a really good high school, had really good friends for college. And again, was really overweight for, you know, I went to college at the university of Florida I studied psychology because I always knew that I wanted to help people in some capacity. So it made sense for me to study psychology. I love talking to people and listening and providing feedback. That's a big passion of mine. And I ended up volunteering for a couple years at the Alachua County Crisis Center in Gainesville, where I went to school. And I would volunteer there. It was a very intense process to volunteer there because it was a suicide crisis center. So obviously, if you're talking to people that are suicidal, you better be equipped to talk to them. So I think like my training class started with like 63 people, and it ended up with 19. And I was one of them. And I worked there for a couple years, and it was only three hours a week. But even in those three hours, I felt so emotionally drained. I'm a very sensitive person, super highly sensitive, super empath. And I um, yeah, I just felt really drained after that. And I just was not interested. And I couldn't picture my life being a therapist, you know, my life as a therapist, just because I'm so sensitive. So I kind of figured that out. And I didn't know what I wanted to do when I wanted to graduate college. Also in college, in college, in college, I was like a really big party girl, huge, like drinking four nights a week, blacking out sometimes, just doing a bunch of bad stuff and super overweight in college as well. And eating everything all the time, just pizza at three in the morning. And 
I really gained a lot of weight when I went to college because I, you know, my mom growing up never kept any unhealthy food in the house. And I w- she always kept like really strong boundaries around our food and what we could eat because, you know, I think she just wanted the best for us and she wanted to keep us healthy. And so when I got to college, I was like, what? I have my own apartment. I can like buy my own groceries. Well, you know what I was buying and you know what I was doing? I was drinking all the time, eating pizza at three in the morning, sometimes like four slices of pizza at three in the morning to then go to bed for it to marinate in my stomach all night and then wake up and have like pancake. I mean, you can imagine college food, you know, so up until you know, I think in my sophomore year or my freshman year, I gained like 40 or 50 pounds and it was really drastic. And I just didn't even care. I just was like, whatever, this is my life. I feel like shit. Um, I move, I can't really move that much. Not that I couldn't move that much, but I'm talking like in terms of like running and exercise, couldn't move. And then I started dieting. I went on Weight Watchers, you know, just typical restriction, and it worked. But I still didn't uncover those reasons why I got to that weight in the first place. It couldn't have just been like, now I can just eat whatever I want. So after I graduated college, I ended up getting a job because I also studied business. I got a job with Macy's Credit and Customer Services. So I worked in the human resources department there. I ended up getting laid off. I also gained another, like, of the weight that I lost with Weight Watchers, I gained, like, another 30 pounds when I went to Tampa because, you know, hashtag adulting, you know, getting used to, like, real life. And I also did not like my job at all. I mean, I loved the people that I worked with. It was an amazing learning experience. Um, But the fact that I had to think about, like, wow, am I really going to sit in this chair looking at this computer for the rest of my life? Like, seriously, that's going to be my life? Like, no, thank you. Um, It just wasn't for me. And I know that it is for a lot of people, and that's amazing. But we all have our own journeys. And I know that for me, in my heart, I knew that I had more to give. No idea what that would be, though. So I decided well, not I decided, but I was ended up, I ended up getting laid off from that job, moved back to home to Miami. Um, that job was in Tampa, Florida, moved back home to Miami, moved in with my parents, started working in human resources at another local company here. And again, I did not like that job at all. But when I was at Macy's and when I was at this other company that I was at, I was doing, I was working in human resources, doing the presentations for new employees, doing their orientation, kind of like setting them up to be a new employee, duh. So looking back, I can see how that was really grooming me to talk and to present because that's a big part of my job today. So ended up dieting again, losing all that weight, was in a really good place, felt great, but still was not aware of any of those emotional issues at all of why I used food in that way. And um, so I ended up, again, sitting at that job, just kind of wondering, what am I doing here? And is this really going to be my life forever? And I just couldn't picture it. And I always loved food. At this point, I really loved baking. At this point, I was eating everything in sight. You know, in 
um, you know, portions that worked for me. So I wasn't really like overeating or anything at this point, but I always knew I loved baking and cooking for people and providing that. But I knew I never wanted to have a restaurant. So I knew that traditional cooking school was not going to work for me because I wanted an academic uh, backbone as well. So I ended up finding a gastronomy program at Boston University, which I ended up going to. I quit that quit that job, moved to Boston for a whole year. And it was to this day, the best year of my life. It was amazing. Um, I was living by myself in a studio apartment. I was taking classes about food history, food anthropology, was around such incredible people that had the same passion for food that I did, but in different respects and different areas, which was just so comforting to be around people who love food as much as you do and can talk about it in so many different aspects and facets. It was some a camaraderie that I still treasure to this day. And I also did cooking school there and I got certificates in wine, cheese, the culinary arts and baking arts. So kind of everything. And I knew in my heart while I was there, I really started seeing the impact of healthy food on my body because I really had to, you know, in college, I didn't care what I ate and it really didn't have an effect on like my cognition or anything. Um, But once I was in grad school, I was like 26, I really started seeing that healthier foods made me feel better. And when I didn't eat healthy foods, quote unquote, healthy foods, that I would kind of feel like shit. So I was also vegan at this point, like, not really a vegan, like I called myself a vegan, but I would still eat cheese. But the meals that I would make at home were pretty much vegan, vegetarian. I was also the unhealthiest in my life. So I was really stressed out, really not eating that much. I ended up losing more weight and I ended up losing my period as well. I just looked dilapidated. Like I remember my sister saw me and she was like, why do you look like a bobblehead? Like it was just too skinny for my body, but I thought I looked awesome. So I was like, who cares if I'm only eating like three bites of eggplant for lunch? I look amazing. And if I don't have a period, who cares? Because look at my size zero jeans. That's really, that was really my mentality back then. And that was when I was again, like 25. And around this time, I had also really become really interested in spirituality, because I had kind of achieved a lot of my goals in life at that point. And I was still feeling incomplete. And like, I didn't really have, um, you know, I just felt a void, no matter what. I I tried everything to fill that void. I tried food, I tried drinking. And slowly throughout my life, I started realizing that many of these things did not work, did not fill that void. So that's kind of why food was, even though I loved it and was interested in it, it wasn't a vehicle to abuse anymore. Neither was alcohol. At this point, I kind of like slowly was dropping alcohol. So I really started to get interested in you know, spirituality and mindfulness and meditation and that whole self-help genre, I kind of became obsessed. And this is when I read a quintessential book in my journey, Women, Food, and God by Janine Roth. If you guys don't know about Janine Roth, you guys need to get to know who she is if you struggle with food. She is the reason why my relationship with food changed and the reason why I do what I do today, I think. Like, 
she made me realize and kind of, you know, awoke me to the fact that my food issues had to do with what I believed about myself. And that was hard to hear. Like I said before, that's really hard to hear. But it's also a gift because then if you use your relationship with food to transform your life, you really figure out who you are. It's not always easy, but I mean, compared to living blindly, come on, that's the better option. You have to kind of do some hard things in life sometimes to to be who you need to be, to do what you need to do, to feel good enough, to give your gifts to the world and things like that. So I always knew that I wanted to help people eat healthy because, or eat better because I felt that change within myself. So I remember telling this to one of my mentors in school and she was like, well, you're just going to have to invent your job. And I knew that that was what I was going to do, what I had to do, but I had no idea what that was going to look like at all. So I ended up moving back home to Miami quickly. Then I ended up moving to Italy for three months because, and if you guys want to do this, I went through an organization called Woof Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms. And it's basically where you exchange your labor for uh, room and, you know, for a place to stay and food. So you can do it anywhere in the world. Um, I think literally every country has a wolf organization and you pay a fee and you get a list of farms. And my cheese teacher and, you know, when I was getting my master's told me that if I wanted to, I asked, he, he really traveled the world and he knew where to go and what to do in certain aspects. Um, well, obviously food and wine. And he's like, if you really want to get the best food experience that Europe has to offer, you need to go to Piedmont, the northern part of Italy. And I had never heard of it. But, but of course, I was like, well, that's where I'm going to go. So I ended up, you know, what you do basically is you make you get a list of the farms in the region after you pay the fee. And then it's up to you to contact the farmer to kind of make an arrangement and set dates and see like what the boundaries and the responsibilities are going to be and if you can agree to them. So I ended up finding an amazing family that grew uh, wine, I mean, grapes that eventually became wine. They grew tons of fruits and vegetables. They had bees. They made honey. They had hazelnuts. I mean, these people did everything. They were amazing. And it was also like the best food of my life. And I was coming from culinary school, French technique, where people uh, take hours to make their meals. But this really astounded me and changed the reason why. Well, not changed the reason why, but changed my approach to cooking completely, like 100% changed. And it was astounding to me that people could cook in... 15 minutes. I was not used to that with really simple ingredients. Like we'd be eating at a certain time and like 10 minutes before they hadn't started making the food. I'm like, well, what's going on? Why aren't you stressed out? And why aren't you at least trying to get something together? Like you have a guest, hello. And the food was amazing. And that really changed my perspective to where kind of I am today, where I really believe in the simplicity of cooking. I think that if you start with good ingredients, you don't need much. Cooking doesn't need to be fussy or annoying or any of that. You can get meals on the table 
every night if you kind of change your thinking to that way. So we're going to be talking a lot about that also about kind of how to make this approachable and practical for you. But um, so after that, you know, I also worked on a cheese farm, which is amazing. I traveled a little more and then I ended up coming back home to Miami and on a walk with my mom, she was like, we're not going to help you, you know, financially, you're going to need to, well, obviously I was older at this point. She's like, you need to do something. You need to find a job. So this is why I believe in the power of something out there because slowly through word of mouth, people in Miami started finding out about my services and what I was doing. Well, back then I didn't even have services. I remember showing up to somebody's house with like pictures of my food on an iPad and kind of showing them what I did and being like, I think I'm going to charge this much. Like that's literally how I started. Like showing up somewhere, believing that I could do it, never having done it before. And then just doing it through the fear. And that's, you know, so I did that for one family. Then I heard of another family, then another family heard of me and word of mouth started getting around. And I ended up working for one family for two years um, as the private chef. So in that job, I really learned a lot. And I was really learning a lot about like gluten-free lifestyles and the paleo lifestyle and real food and how people can have like food intolerances and things like that. So the one of my clients or the client at that home, she had celiac disease and had told her how I felt my whole life, you know, kind of underlying issues with digestion and things like that. She told me, you know, why don't you try cutting out gluten? Because these sound like my symptoms that I had. And I cut that out and my life really changed. Like I was like, wow, I actually feel amazing now. And then I found out about the whole 30 and I did a whole 30 and that really changed the way I was like, this is possible to feel this way. Like, how can this be my life right now? And that's where I've been for like the past four years is really living a whole food lifestyle, really believing in it for again, not only, you know, the way we feel in our bodies, but how we feel in our heads. Like that's huge for me. So I ended up leaving that job and accumulating more cooking clients. And I was giving lectures in the community about how to have a sustainable relationship with food. I still do that about nutrition, about how to quit dieting forever. And I really wanted to learn more about nutrition. So about a year and a half ago, I almost two years ago, actually, I started at the Nutritional Therapy Association Um, which is a holistic nutrition school that's done online and you meet in person because we also do what's called a functional evaluation. We basically poke your body, not in that way, (laughs) but like we literally uh, find imbalances in the body through touch, which is really awesome. And if you know me, you know, I like to touch people. So it's like weird, but awesome. Um, So did that. I graduated a year ago. And ever since then, I've been seeing clients in nutrition, um, more like wellness coaching, because here in Florida, the rules around prescribing nutrition is kind of wonky. So it's more wellness coaching. And I see people here in person at my house. I'm still giving my talks, still cooking. But I really want to use this podcast as a platform for you guys to convey this information in a world in which is so crowded and noisy. And I want to be that voice that tells you the truth. Because like I said, I've been through it all. 
So I hope you guys subscribe and leave a five-star review for Heart Food. I'll really appreciate it. I know in the future, we're going to be having like incentives and giveaways and hopefully some sponsorships down the road. But I figured, you know what, if I don't do this now, it's never going to happen. So again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Let me know if you guys have any questions and hope you have a great whatever it is you're doing. Bye.